Mrs. Jones. Mr. Jones. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Tell me about Romans. Romans. Well, I spoke on Romans last week at Emanate, Romans 4. You did. I intended to speak on Romans 5, however, but Romans... That was a sequel. Right. Romans 5 starts with one word that messed the whole plan up, and that is therefore. So I had to go back to see what therefore was referring to, and then I just ended up so enjoying Romans 4 that I decided to teach on Romans 4 last week, so I'll teach on Romans 5 this week. You did a great job. Thanks, darling. I know you're my wife, and I should say stuff like that, but you and I both know I don't say stuff like that because I'm your husband. I say stuff because it's true. Thank you, sweetheart. Yeah. Um, We did a crazy thing this week. We took our staff from the School of Supernatural Life, and we went to Nashville Escape. So fun. Which, if you don't know what that is, they seem to be popping up all over the place. I saw a friend of mine posted something about uh, one in Portland. But basically, it's a... It's not a house, but you go to a building, and in the building, like, there are four different rooms, and each room is a game, and you basically get locked in the room, and you have half, you have one hour to get out by following a whole lot of clues. Yeah, and, and puzzles. It's, and yeah, it's a team building and, game. Yeah. So we took our staff, split ourselves up into two different rooms. Our small group leaders played one game, our school staff, our, uh, we played a different game. And I thought, oh, this is so lame. I'm just doing it like teamwork exercises are always lame and so boring. And I always just want to cheat and get it over and done with. But within about 30 seconds, 30, I was going to say 20 seconds. I was like, oh, I am so into this. This is amazing. You got so excited. <laughs> it was so cute. And the premise was, at least for our one, we were hired to steal the painting from someone's office. And first of all, we had to break into their office and then solve a whole of clues. And it sounds lame because I'd heard other people explain it to me, but I can't. It is so fun. It is. It's so, I can't overstate how much fun it was. Like, and it was adrenaline high. We got out with a minute and 30 seconds to go. Yeah. But we did hear that the success rate for the one that we did was only 27%. As in 27% 27 of people who go in actually do it? Yeah, actually complete it. That's amazing. So that's pretty cool. And it's they're they're quite clever in that you can't buy any of their stuff, like their stickers or their shirts or anything, unless you actually escaped. So if you didn't actually escape your scenario, they won't sell you anything. But I did have to say it was a little <laughs> bit lame. That, and because the lady was like, and if you beat it, you get to buy one of our T-shirts. I'm like, you don't give us a T-shirt? <laughs> we have to buy one? Maybe we became eligible to be able to buy one. <laughs> but it was awesome. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. This was a big week for food because your air fryer arrived. Oh. And I don't know if I'm just getting food cynical in my old age. And I don't know if it's because you have a Williams and Sonoma shopping addiction. I do. In that you buy almost, you know, or you're at least interested in every gadget. Thankfully, you don't buy every gadget. I don't buy every gadget. I'm not, I wouldn't even say I'm interested in every gadget, but I'm interested in gadgets that would facilitate the kind of food that I make. That's the first step of denial, baby. Oh. You're unaware of how addicted you are. <laughs> but nevertheless, you have a fine collection of cooking utensils. I do. And I wasn't sure why we needed an air fryer. And then I was even skeptical that it would work. Mm-hmm. But talk, mm-hmm. talk us through it. The air fryer arrived, and uh, it's it's stinking amazing. You can cut up like two large sweet potatoes worth of french fries and 
I just put them in like a large Ziploc bag and add less than a tablespoon of a oil. Well, with for two with two huge potatoes, I'd probably do more like two teaspoons okay. of you know avocado oil or coconut oil or sesame oil. You know, something with a high burn um, temperature and mix it up with some salt and whatever and just shove it in the air fryer and that's the the you, there's no other oil involved like it is taking less oil than when i was baking it on sheets and in 15 minutes in 15 minutes you have crispy gorgeous fries on the outside that are like f- taste like they're like fluffy potato on the inside our I oven mean, wouldn't have even warmed to the temperature it needs to cook in 15 minutes I, well that's slight over exaggeration but yeah we'd still be waiting another 20 minutes after that for our for our right. stuff for sure and then we're not going to deep fry it no but, but then it tastes been, like it's been deep fried i mean it's just like oh but then we're experimenting with everything we can make in an air fryer yeah potato wedges and yogurt <laughs> yogurt well alan made bacon in I'm, it i'm not sure we're allowed to mention i ate bacon in case my Physician listens to this. But yes, we made bacon and it was amazing. But it we made smoked sweet, out the house. We made sweet potato hash, some fried eggs, and some maple syrup cured bacon. And it was delicious. It was very yummy. And I'm not apologizing for that. Unless my you shouldn't. physician hears and then I'll apologize and say I'll never do it again. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. I wanted to talk about Honest Roasters. So I went there for coffee this week. And they make coffee with cashew milk. And it was amazing. I mean, I went back two days in a row amazing. And uh, Do cashews have smaller nipples or larger nipples than almonds? Larger. Definitely larger. <laughs> so it's easier. Yeah. Much easier to milk a cashew. Okay. And then, uh, and then I also went to the Thrive Cafe, which is next door to it, which is fantastic. And I had some Franklin juice. I mean, I was just healthy and juiced up. You're just you're regular <laughs> hippie. I'm a hippie. <laughs> One other piece of information. We have a friend called Sarah Parsons, a friend and a colleague. She and her husband are the pastors at the School of Supernatural Life. But she, in addition to being uh, a great friend and a wonderful pastor, is a phenomenal painter. And we've been on and on at her for ages to put her artwork on display. And so she now has a website. If you go to parsonsstudio.net, Parsons plural studio.net um you can have a look at some of her artwork she's an oil painter if you've ever been to any of our conferences at grace center if you've streamed online and you've seen somebody painting the chances are it's probably sarah parsons and her paintings are absolutely beautiful they're stunning one of our most treasured possessions is one of her paintings mm-hmm. we, her everybody hallway. who comes in and sees it is like oh my gosh would you like some listeners questions i would Love some listeners' questions. All right. Brandon wrote in and said, how do you survive in between the time that God starts revealing core pain and the time that he heals you? Um, Brandon, I think if God's revealing core pain, then that's because it's God's intention to start to heal you now. I don't think he reveals something that he isn't going to start working on right away. He's, you know, it's just that wouldn't be in line with the kindness of God. So... I don't think you have to survive until he starts to heal you. I think that his revealing of it is his indi- his invitation for you to actually enter into healing now and, and pursue that. Rog and Shell said this, we're loving our podcast and enjoy listening to them out here in India. Yay, we love India. 
Um, we live out in India and can't get to church, so we found listening to podcasts, teachings, and reading books incredibly helpful. Can we ask you what books have influenced you the most and what books you are reading just now? We'd love to get your Finding Father book, AJ, but it isn't available on the iTunes store here in India. Any chance of you changing that? Well, that's three questions there. With regard to iTunes in India, I checked. I went into iTunes and Finding Father is available on every store that iTunes has worldwide. And I didn't see India listed, so I'm not sure what's going on there. You mean like India doesn't have a book Doesn't have an iTunes section? bookstore. Uh-huh, okay. So, sorry about that. If you know otherwise, then please just get in touch and we'll see if what we can do to make it available. Maybe it's a rights issue. Um, Amazon definitely has India. You can get uh, Finding Father uh, on Kindle at Amazon. But uh, just shoot us an email if you have any problems, and we'll love to help. But babe, back to your these two questions. What books have influenced you the most, aside from the Bible, I'm assuming? And what books are you reading just now? Just now, I'm reading a book called A Girl Named Grace, or Girl Called Grace, and um, written by Jenna LaFrance, who's actually my cousin, uh, which I'm super enjoying. I'm just uh, beginning that book, and it's a... Of fiction. What books have influenced you the most, babe? Easy. Probably the most influential book I read outside of the Bible, the book that absolutely changed the course of my Christian walk with God, is Dr. Jack Deere's book, Surprised by the Voice of God. It's actually his second book. His first book was Surprised by the Power of the Spirit, which in itself was absolutely superb. But when I read Surprised by the Voice of God, I, I, didn't, I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. I remember being aghast and literal jaw drops at the stuff he was documenting in his book. And that's the book that got me started on the journey in the prophetic. And uh, it was so well written. I read everything else that Jack's ever written. And uh, his other, you know, his other book, Surprised by the Power of the Spirit, was very, very helpful for me, especially from a conservative evangelical cessationist background in helping me understand that the things of the Spirit were for today. absolutely reassured all the fears I had that I was being deceived. Very, very helpful book. Um, And then another book that I loved that just made the prophetic accessible was You May All Prophesy by Steve Thompson, which which was really, really helpful for me. And interestingly, book I'm reading now, we we this is our two-year anniversary being in this house, babe. It is. And we have not unpacked any of our books. That is shocking. So all our books are still in our garage. And uh, last night, I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm going to start unpacking some books. Not last night, a couple of days ago. And so I unpacked them, and I found a very, very old book that is out of print. And I actually had to buy it secondhand because it was out of print when I wanted to buy it years ago. It's called Some Said It Thundered, and it's by David Pitches. Pitches. Uh, David is a bishop in England. And he wrote this book after his personal encounter with some of the prophets out in Kansas City. And the book was written in, let me have a look, 1991, 23 years ago. And I started, I'd I'd read it many years ago, but I started rereading it the other day and was just chuckling about it. But it's an amazing book. It's an amazing book to read if you can get your hands on it. Um, But I'll tell you why I was chuckling about it later. I'm jumping ahead to what I want to talk about. In the session, did you ever mm-hmm. tell me what your influential books were? Um, I'm just trying to think. I mean, I guess one of them would be just a tiny book called "The Importance of Forgiveness" by John and Carol Arnett. Yes. And uh, I mean, it's life changing. I think in its first edition, it was 36 pages. It might be up to like 42 now. 
you know, uh, with the subsequent editions. But it it's an amazing little book that if you, you know, read it and do what it says, it changes everything. It's amazing. Um I also I also loved God's generals. I I I always loved researching stuff anyway, but I loved reading about God's generals and you know Smith Wigglesworth and my Mariah Woodworth Eder and all those guys. So uh, I like all that kind of stuff too. Very good. I hope that helps, Rog and Shell. All right, baby. Our yes. topic for discussion this week. If you are an American, this week or the week that this is recorded in is Thanksgiving. And as a Canadian, you have a Thanksgiving. But as a British person, we never had Thanksgiving. So when I moved to Canada first, I didn't quite understand what the fuss was about Thanksgiving. And I hope this doesn't offend any Canadians. But Canadian Thanksgiving versus American Thanksgiving, there seems to be more effort put into it in America than there is in Canada. I would say there's more effort put into every holiday in America than there is in Canada. Right. Okay. Because Americans are really great at celebrating things. Right. And I would say uh, Canadians are probably a little more low-key. Right. Mm -hmm. So what is Thanksgiving in Canada? Thanksgiving in Canada, first of all, is much earlier. It's the first Sunday in October. First or second. I've been away too long. I can't remember. Um, And it's the same idea. It's still celebrating the the same thing. But it's basically celebrating the harvest. You had pilgrims in Canada? Um, well, it must have been settled at some point in time. Okay. Yeah. But that's not where your Thanksgiving came from, though, right? Um, it's this, it's the exact sort of same idea. I mean, we, we would see things with like pilgrims and, you know, North American Indians and all that kind of stuff. Okay. But, but mostly it was a celebration of, you know, that the harvest was coming in. So that's why it's earlier in the year, because obviously being further north, the harvest would come in earlier. And you, and it's just a family thing. Like, you know, it would be, Maybe not as big a family holiday as Christmas, but what days are held in Canada? Uh, Thanksgiving, I guess the day is on a Monday, but typically you get with your family on Sundays. So, would is it an actual holiday? Does everybody get Monday off? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, you'd get Friday and Monday off. Okay, so you get a long weekend. Uh huh. What's Friday called? The Friday before Thanksgiving? Yeah. Oh, okay. something like that. I mean, nothing. You know, so. It was a long weekend, and we used to just go up to the cottage and, you know, with all the cousin stuff. So there'd be like 26 of us up there, and they'd get a absolutely enormous turkey. And then you'd have all kinds of other food, corn on the cob and, you know, whatever. And it was just basically a weekend of eating, <laughs> playing games and stuff. Yeah. It was weird when I got there, and everybody would be excited about Thanksgiving, and I didn't know what it was or why you did it. It just seemed like a dry run for Christmas, more it, more so in America. It's just a big meal, yeah. Yeah. And then we got to America, and our first couple of years, everyone was like, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? And we were like, wait, what now? <laughs> and we weren't <laughs> doing anything, part of it because we didn't have a family here to celebrate Thanksgiving with. And the other There was three of us. So we were the like, other part was we didn't uh, have a heritage or a history of having Thanksgiving. But now in our fifth year, yeah. sixth year, yeah. something like that. Well, we got invited and went to some other people's houses for Thanksgiving, sure, which was great. Sure, but we didn't understand why. Yeah. But slowly, we've begun to realize, oh, this is a big deal. And it's a nice concept. You stop and you think about what you're thankful for, and it's a chance. It seems like, and Americans, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but from the people I interconnect interconnect with, the people I connect with, it seems like Thanksgiving is a bigger deal for getting together with your families 
than Christmas is. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's my observation. Well, or at least as big a deal, because it seems like when we married couples we know, they'll be like, well, we're spending Thanksgiving with the wife's family, so we're spending Christmas with the husband's family or, you know, whatever. And it seems like they're, you know, it's a good deal no matter what, where, you know, in Canada it would be Thanksgiving wouldn't be a good trade off for Christmas in terms of family time, if that makes sense, because it's one meal. You know, one of the things I was thinking about is I was thinking about how it's fine that we have no history from Thanksgiving, right? Because we're new to it. But I'm thinking about how it's probably important that we introduce our children to Thanksgiving, given they're being raised as Americans. Yes. And, and you know, that it's, it's a little tricky because I don't know any of the history behind Thanksgiving. I mean, sure, the kids come home from first grade and kindergrade dressed as pilgrims <laughs> just, or Indians. We just saw two Thanksgiving shows this week. I didn't pay attention during either of them because they're small children It's okay. singing in air quotes. Yes. I need a good book on American history that's short. <laughs> <laughs> so... If, anybody, if somebody could write that, that would be That would be awesome. Preferably yeah. with lots of pictures. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> no, cartoon pictures. I think pictures. it's important because I was thinking the other day, like I was watching my kids eat quesadillas for dinner. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what a quesadilla was until I came as an adult to America. You'd never had a quesadilla in Canada? Well, I'm sure. But okay, say North America. But still, okay. I was 30 by the time I knew what a quesadilla was. And so I was thinking about all the common experience that I had growing up. My kids will never be on the receiving end of that. They will never be below the quesadilla poverty line. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the stuff that's normal for me that I can remember from my childhood that we could joke about and that we have a natural bond about because, oh, I did that when I was a little kid and, and you were going through that same rite of passage is completely different over here. Right. So I need to go through a crash course of Americanism. Like, for example, our children haven't had to eat haggis. Right. Right. They probably don't know who Ravi Burns is. N- no, nor do I. And I've never played a game of baseball in my life. But I know who Guy Fox is. Yes. Yeah. They don't need to know that. <laughs> it's interesting, you know, being away from the UK, and of course the 5th of November just passed, but we celebrate Guy Fox night by building an effigy of a terrorist and setting him on fire. <laughs> and that's a... T- <laughs> That's the yearly celebration that we celebrate with children. Yeah, burn them. (laughs) Wait, how's that good again? Remind me why we're doing this. Yay. But anyway, it's Thanksgiving. So I didn't want to be too cliched and I didn't want it to be too sappy, but I wanted to know what you're thankful for and why. What I'm thankful for and why? Can we go back and forth? Like I'll pick one thing, then you do one thing, that sort of thing. Um, I am thankful for living in america and why why i guess because quesadillas yes it's all about the quesadillas and the air fryers um no um because god awakened my heart to wanting to be here and it seemed an absolute impossibility and so like even before we got married there was part of me that was always like huh I'd love to live in America at some point. So to me, it feels like, God, you're so good. You know, I'm so thankful that you not only awaken things in our hearts, but then you open doors for us to be able to walk through them. I think that's a brilliant answer. Thank you. I'm in the season of life right now, personally with the Lord, where I'm, I feel like 
if we rewind, so if we rewind, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, and I'm reading Jack Deere's books on Surprised by the, by the Voice of God, and I'm reading about the prophetic, which I have hitherto never heard anything about. It's alien and foreign to me to think about God speaking to people through dreams and prophets and prophetic experiences and encountering angels and all that sort of stuff. That was so alien to me, so bizarre. So it took me so long to even believe that was real. And I remember being at the point of not desperation, but well, I guess desperation, but just real hunger for God to be able to even access any of that. And now, fast forward 10, 15 years, all of that is a very normal part of my experience. And I'm so thankful and so grateful that A, God put that hunger in me for the prophetic, for the supernatural, and then B, not only put the hunger in, but answered it, even when I didn't even know where to find it, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, like God, I'm not even sure if I'm right to be hungering for this. Like I'm not even sure if I'm stepping into deception. I have no idea if this is real. I'm not sure if I'm spending, if I'm wasting time praying and fasting and seeking and studying all this stuff. What if it isn't even real, only to find out it's more real than I could possibly ask or imagine? So, you know, that was 15 years ago. I find myself in a similar spot now where I'm hungering after things of God and I'm desperate for things of God, but I don't actually know the roadmap to get from my hunger to satisfaction, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually enjoying that process, really, because I'm looking back 15 years ago and going, Lord, you did that then, and so I have confidence for you to do it again. So I think I'm very, very grateful for the faithfulness of God and for the hunger of God and that there's always more, that our life gets to be about plumbing the depths of God's affection for his people and us getting carried along in that. I think that's just phenomenal. And I, you know, I spent much of my waking days just thanking God that I, that I get to live life like that. I think that's amazing. Tag, you're it. Um, Well, this is probably an obvious one, but I'm thankful for our kids. You know, I'm thankful that they're healthy and they're, fun and they're you know i don't know i I just i think i'm enjoying all of them at at the stage that they're at right now um it's fun to watch them grow and not only in their understanding of god but just just grow and be fun i mean i suppose particularly mj right now is just because he's a boy and he responds so different to everything he's just super resilient and you know just so stinking cute um but i'm just i'm super thankful for the kids and and just how amazing they are and how much grace they give us and you know they're just awesome mm-hmm. i'm uh, this may feel like a repeat of what i just said but i was talking earlier about that book some said it thundered and i was fascinated by a passage in it where david gets around a bunch of prophets some of who are now friends of ours. But in that room, he, he just sat down with them and it was just like, it, it was fascinating me to read. It was fascinating for me to read about a time that I didn't live in. But it was a time where the prophetic, I guess, was so new to church culture that he sits down and asks these really rudimentary questions, uh, very valid questions, but basically things like, how do you get a vision? How do you hear from God? 
how did the gift start? And I was just thinking, Lord, in 23 years, you've got somebody who, this is David Pitches or Pitches, I don't know how you pronounce his name, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, David, you know, who's a bishop, who's a, you know, somebody who loves the Lord dearly, who is a leader in the body of Christ, and yet, like an infant, and I don't mean that in a, a patronizing term at all, but like an infant is sitting at the feet of these prophets saying, please, this is so incredible, tell me how it works. And now to think 23 years later, that's normal for the culture we live in. Like it's normal in our church that we have a prophetic team where we have teams of people who've been raised up to be able to prophesy and hear the voice of God. And it's second nature and it's normal. I just think, God, that's amazing that you know we get to be part of that. So I think I'm thankful for that. I don't know how you'd file that, but I'm so thankful for Grace Center and for Jeff and Becky Dollar. You posted yeah, that on sure. Instagram this week about yeah. what a joy it is to serve under healed up leaders. Yeah. And humble leaders. Amazing. It's so amazing. It's amazing the climate that Jeff and Becky have created for their staff to follow in. I'm thankful for technology. Um and this is not a paid announcement from Alan Jones, but um, I just, I was just thinking like, even though we are here and really the only, you know, family that, that we have in this area are my cousins, which are, which are amazing, but you know, I miss people from Toronto and, you know, we talked to our friend Stuart Lindley from New Zealand this week and stuff And it. FaceTime has just made it so much easier to, um, be where God has you to be and still be able to be connected and feel like you're part of life with, you know, with your mom and, you know, just the kids still getting to see her and she sings to them over the phone and all that kind of stuff. And, um, so I was just thinking, I'm so thankful, like that we can still connect with your mom and John and Carol and, you know, all of our friends around the world. And it feels like, um, they're close because we can, you know, we can connect with them through through a device, you know. We're getting to see Tobias and see him get it bigger and all that right. kind of stuff. So, um, I just I'm super thankful for that. I'm super thankful for Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah, I love it here. I love living in this town. Is it a town, city, city of Franklin? Yeah, I love living in this city. <laughs> oh, I don't know what small it was. city maybe. I don't it know. is. It's a really small city, but I love. I love. You know, the other day I was driving to work and I had to stop in at the chiropractors. And so I love walking to our chiropractors and seeing, you know. I'm thankful for our chiropractors. Yeah, seeing our friends at the chiropractor's office, seeing our doctor, getting adjusted, hopping in a car. I had to go meet you at our GP. Mm-hmm. And so I love walking to the GP and everyone knows who we are in mm-hmm. the practice. Mm-hmm. So we get to say hi to all them. And then I get to drive through the rolling hills of Franklin, which is just gorgeous. I just, I never thought I would love living partially in the country but we drive in the countryside on our way to work and then i love that i've already mentioned grace but i love that we have an amazing staff and an amazing team and i love that we get to you know lead the school and just watch lives get transformed in front of us and witness miracles i just think that's amazing yeah i would and i would add to that like there's so many people that just help us get done what needs to get done that that aren't even necessarily staff you know people that just come over and watch our kids and clean our house and do, you know that. just so grateful for um wow just it's yeah the family that god's put around us here i'm grateful for you thanks baby i'm grateful for you well you have to say that now 
No, I don't have to say that now. I have great boundaries. Oh, you do. That's right. <laughs> no, but I think about I think about that verse in Proverbs as a wife of noble character who can find she's worth far more than rubies. And I just think about like all the things I wanted in a wife that I never thought existed. Because I didn't see anybody in the landscape that I lived. There was nobody like you. And I just think it's funny that God had me fly to the other side of the world, literally, in order to meet you. And here here you were. Like somebody said to me, Alan, you've married in the spiritual equivalent of money. You know how people like you know marrying the money and their life change yeah. because they're now they've yeah. married into like old money or something like that and they have access to family funds. Well, that's what it was like marrying you. You know, you were just so in love with Jesus and so robust and so uh, had journeyed through so much stuff that just made you this incredible diamond of a woman. And I love that I get to be married to you, and I love that you chose me, and I love that we have three beautiful children. And we got to practice having three brilliant children. <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. Um, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I see your cheeky grin over there, Mr. Jones. Yeah, I'm doing my best to keep this PG-13. Yeah, keep it PG-13 for certain. Thanks, baby. That's really sweet. Oh, it's totally true. I just... Honestly, you know, I look around and, of course, you know, it's not hard to look. It's not hard to find evidence of horrible marriages in the world around. No, it isn't. And I'm just so thankful. You know, we were talking to a friend last night and she she was asking, like, how do you guys navigate disagreements? And I'm like, well, we've had 10 years of practice at it. But as I was answering that, I was thinking about how gracious you are to see past my like you know me and you know certain parts of me way better than I know myself. As in, the timeline of me understanding what's going on with me may take me longer to figure out than it takes you to figure out. Mm -hmm. And so I've noticed how patient you are and how skilled you are at bypassing some of my dysfunction and loving me through that. And I just think that's really, really precious. Oh, thanks, darling. You're so welcome. Are you you kidding me? Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) Well, I'm, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, th- I'm thankful to God for you for so many reasons. I, I always think back to that list that I made with him that day on the beach, you know, when the Lord Body said, of a Greek God. yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. When the Lord said, the man that I have for you will, you know, pursue you and he will weary you with kindness. And he gave me this list. And I remember reading this list and thinking, this man does not exist. Like, and if he does, he's married, like it, it, how could somebody this awesome exist? And then what do you know? I met you like a week later and you did exist. And you bada do boom, exist right there. But I, yeah, I love it that we get to do life together and just, I get to do life with my best friend. I think that's pretty fantastic. It is very fantastic. You know what else I love? What? I'm, and what I'm so grateful for. I'm mm-hmm. grateful for the potential for life to change because of the goodness of God. Like, I love looking at circumstances and situations and then the natural looks pretty definitive. Mm-hmm. But because we're in a relationship with Jesus, we have access to supernatural resources right. we may not be aware of. It's the but God. I beg your pardon? It's the but God. You oh, know? yes. This, this thing happened, but God did. You right, know, blah, I'm with blah, blah. you. Yeah. We need to find a better way of saying that. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. It is. And just, you know, watching God be creative and do miracles, and that's just a phenomenal thing. It is it's fantastic. Just amazing. Well, let's... 
let's wrap it up there. I'm sure that there's other things that we can, we could probably go on ad nauseum. I mean, I could talk about what foods I'm thankful for, but then it will just make me hungry. I could talk about what Apple products I'm most thankful for. <laughs> All of the above. Well, listen, if you're an American, have an incredible Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And if you're not an American, have an amazing last week of November and practice being thankful anyway. And you could just grab a turkey and have it anyway and just make your own holiday. <laughs> That's right. Or not. <laughs> Join us for excellent life tips like the one you just heard next week. <laughs> <laughs>